0: Hey guys hey guys amber kittle here again
1: for living life legit
0: which i try to do every day do you because i am too legit to quit wow that's copyrighted by mc hammer
1: <laughs> well, i kind of threw that in there in case he's listening in
0: case he's listening i'm not stealing that mc hammer
1: which listen it all really belongs to god anyway mc so
0: hey you technically, tell him that. i am right now okay so we're going to talk a little bit about anxiety. This is something is sh- extremely prevalent in today's society. Oh yes. And what sparked us to kind of chit chat about this is: um, Have you started reading this book, or you have not?
1: I have started reading it.
0: Kendall and I started reading this book called "Attacking Anxiety" by uh, Sean Johnson. He's the ch- or pastor at Red Rocks Church in Colorado, and I it struck me as fantastic because I feel like. If any of you ever go to a, and I'm not trying to call out Southern Baptist, I'm just saying, if you've gone to a Baptist church, it's kind of the same messages throughout. Like, if you've been there your whole life, you're hearing the same message. And I think in today's time, for me personally, is we're missing a lot of societal pressures right now. I, don't, I mean, is that the right word? That I you're think thinking? so, yes,
1: because it's just like our The Rainbow Belongs to God episode Mm-hmm. There are things mm-hmm. that are going on that I feel like churches it, aren't addressing, which— And it's hard to kind of—how do you combat that right? of
0: standing firm in your faith when your pastor pastoral people, you know, your pastors or mm-hmm. your leader, you know, your, your leaders? I mean, yes, Jesus is everything, but we turn to our Christian leaders as a guidance, and we're not being guided and fighting Satan the way we should in today's society.
1: Right. And I—there's—which— That We're going to talk about the biblical aspects in regard to that, but there are so many things in the Bible that can be used that can address the stuff that's going on right now in society. So there's just there's a lot going on in the world where I feel like a lot of pastors, we can dig into the Bible and it can go along with the societal things like homosexuality, like the transgender, like anxiety and depression that is very prevalent in a lot of people's lives. And I feel like it's not being addressed enough.
0: In the book, the Bible is timeless. Like, this is something right. that, I mean, we're sitting here talking about anxiety as though this is a new phenomenon. It's not. Right. I mean, God has biblical verses that tell you. Oh, yeah. I mean, we just covered Joshua. He's telling Tim throughout the book of Joshua, be strong and courageous. I mean, that's it, it's just interesting that a lot of people think these these are new things it's not it's always been around
1: it's always been around and in my personal opinion it's being it's being overly used and used as a cop-out for a lot of things yes
0: Yes, this is to true where as well.
1: there are there are biblical verses in there and God can help you manage through anything. But I feel like there's a lot of things where people are like, well, I have anxiety, so I don't do this. No, you're using anxiety as a crutch to not do those things mm-hmm. where I suffer with anxiety. I struggle with it. I mm-hmm. still do, but I don't stop it or I don't allow it to stop me from doing other things.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the things that I first loved about this book by Sean Johnson is he openly talks about his struggles with anxiety which we've talked about constantly Mm -hmm. that yes we have religious leaders but again they are still men still women, they're still humans struggling with sin as well. I mean, right. by no means because they're pastors, are they any less sinful than us, Right? or they don't have the same kind of struggles that we do. And so I love the fact that him writing this book, he really opens up and he's honest about it, but he's touching on a topic that churches are not talking about right now. The same way we're not, we don't want to touch homosexuality. We don't want to touch mental health issues. And that's the problem is that- mm-hmm mental health issues is part of the big flux of sin and issues that I'm seeing in the world personally myself right now every time i turn on the news i'm like we've got a crisis
1: we do and it's a lot of the thing is is that we're and i'm not including myself into that because I'm a child of God, mm-hmm. first and foremost. A lot of people are putting their identity in other things that are not Christ. So when we put our identity in other things that are not Christ, our focus shifts mm-hmm. and makes things harder. But when our identity is in Christ, we're able to grow, we're able to learn, we're able to heal, we're able to change, we're able to focus on God and get back to where we're supposed to, where we can we can praise through the pain and work through things and help other people. So that's that's my little name soapbox for you.
0: That's kind of what we got out of that. We just really loved it. And Kendall and I both suffer with uh, anxiety. Yeah. So, and which is a lot of people, I, it was interesting seven years ago, eight years ago or something like that when I had started a job, it was interesting to know the amount of people that were on the same anti-anxiety medicine as I was. It just struck me as, whoa. So Kendall and I wanted to first give you guys, like, let's hear a couple of facts about anxiety. So Kendall and I are going to give you a couple facts on anxiety. Like how, let's ask. I mean, I think a lot of people know when they have anxiety now, but let's talk about symptoms. Like let's say you have no idea what's happening to you. Kendall's going to tell you some, some symptoms.
1: So some symptoms that show up in the body. Chest pain is a big one. Um, muscle tension, skin problems such as eczema, stomach issues. So, I mean, that could that could literally be anything. You have a gut feeling or butterflies or even just some like your tummy is upset like that. That could all be anxiety changes in your hair and nails. You could have shortness of breath. You could be tired all the time. You could have cold extremities, changes in your vision, sexual dysfunction. A lot of people lose libido when you're anxious or depressed, which we've been talk about how that goes hand in hand, too. Um A lot of that. Those are just a few things of that. Your anxiety that it changes different things. You could start having... Your hormones could be off balance because of things like that, too.
0: And just so you... And so another thing, too, Ken and I looked up. Like, there's a lot of people that are like, well, I'm not anxious. I'm not fearful of certain things. Or I'm not this. Or I'm not that. There are several different types of anxiety disorders. Mm-hmm. And I think the most common for people now is just generalized anxiety disorder. You just feel... You worry a lot. There's tension for little or no reason. A lot of people feel that and i think that's probably the majority of the population yeah. which i mean another fun fact for you guys: about 50 percent of the population at one time or another is going to feel anxiety
1: which i think it's more than that but
0: which i think so too um there's also social anxiety disorder um I, this is one i think that is really super affecting our youth right now i think the um the with the rise of social media which i think that's the worst invention ever it's our children do not know how to socialize they don't know how to act as people they don't know what's expected in a society of people that it's when you get all your information from a little bitty tiny screen that you stare at all day they they don't know how to act
1: especially with covid covid really that was the
0: worst thing ever
1: everything up 18 months of people not being able to leave their house everything was on the phone or the computer having groceries delivered or doing grocery pickup having your food delivered like people not leaving their home
0: we live in a world right now where and i mean that's another disorder agoraphobia is the fear of being out in a a place like people live in their home because they're They have such social anxiety that they cannot be around people. That's what we're, I mean, we've made it so capable for people to not have to ever be in the presence of another person. Like I was just thinking about that the other day, like with my pizza delivery, like I can leave a message that says, just leave it on the front steps. Right. Like you don't ever, I mean, we've made it 100% possible that you never have to exit the the threshold of your home. There's other things like uh, phobias. A lot of people have phobias, um, heights, things like that, that are a little more acute and typically not. That's why I say generalized anxiety is probably the prevalent one.
1: Yeah. I feel like phobias are more generalized fears about things which can cause anxiety
0: then there's things like separation anxiety which my french bulldogs have quite severe
1: what do you call it fomo fear of missing out
0: yeah fear of missing out but you know what i find it too prevalent in like teenagers too where when you lock onto a friend you don't like them to have other friends there's a lot of different ways that separation anxiety can kind of
1: which that goes into a whole long deeper traumatic thing that causes that. But another big one would be OCD.
0: Uh yes, obsessive compulsive disorder is another big one, which I think there's for me, there's a touch of OCD, for you there's a touch of OCD. I wouldn't oh, yeah. say we're by any means need to be medicated or I mean we're mm-hmm. not we're on, not in the throes of it, but there's there's a touch of things mm-hmm. that's interesting and I don't know when it started and I don't know why. No. And that would take a therapist to break that wall down. So but those are just a couple of them. Another thing that goes into anxiety, which we're going to talk about, too, is panic attacks. Yep. Panic attacks are something I didn't really know much about. And I think they're more prevalent, especially in today's time. But it's interesting because if you've ever had one, you know exactly what it is.
1: Oh, yeah. It's... I mean, you,
0: you feel it immediately yeah a uh, problem with it is luckily, they are not constant. I mean, at least in my case, they're not constant. Um, but kind of the symptoms of that are definitely a lot different than just generalized anxiety.
1: Well, and there's different forms of panic attacks, too. I think a lot of people think that when you say you have a panic attack, it's you're hyperventilating, you can't breathe, and you're like walking around like a crazy person. There are different forms of panic attacks that it doesn't always come out that way.
0: I mean, you could be shaky, you could be nauseous, uh, you definitely get heart palpitations, you could have dry mouth, sweating, dizziness. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of physical um, when you go into panic attacks. And Typically, they're not by any means long, but they feel long in the moment. There's one of the things that I found interesting, which if you, I really, if you've ever even thought that you've experienced any kind of anxiety, I recommend that you buy uh, Josh. Josh, I've got Joshua on the brain because of our <laughs> last podcast, uh Sean Johnson's book Attacking Anxiety. Cuz for some people, I know it's hard to explain anxiety because anxiety and depression tend to go hand in hand. Yep. Cuz they do share a lot of the same symptoms. And I think for anybody that's never, I mean, I've personally tried to explain the feeling of it to my fiance and it's it's kind of sometimes unexplainable. And he's seen me in the throes of a panic attack, but I I mean, I found it interesting but not really we can talk I mean a little bit about women are twice as likely to experience panic attacks
1: which doesn't really surprise me considering how our brain functions mm-hmm. and that we tend to worry more
0: and and in the times that and I keep saying this like I'm some old lady like in the times that we're living in <laughs> But if you think about it, there's a lot more pressure, I think, in today's society on women. You're you're supposed to work and have a career and you're supposed to have children and then you're supposed to also keep a home. And so the gender roles that we are used to, women are still supposed to continue on with their gender roles as they've been outlined since the beginning of time. However, we now have to take on other things. So I think there's this I mean, you're worried about kids. You're worried about this, and I think gender roles in in specific are a pressure for women. Yep. I think a lot of women now are experiencing things like um w- women still kind of get flack for if you don't want children. Like you're kind of almost looked down upon as like, why wouldn't you want children? I'm perfectly fine with that. Like, right. why? It's. I think you get the pressure from that as well. So I can see why women are twice as likely to experience anxiety.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: So Kendall and I wanted to talk a little bit about our own personal experiences with anxiety
1: because I. I I still feel like, you know, it would be like someone who's never had an alcohol issue trying to talk to someone. Yeah was an alcoholic so for us to share our own experiences it kind of and
0: that's why i felt really connected to sean johnson's book because he he gets very upfront and very honest about his own struggles with anxiety
1: and it lets you also feel like that you're not alone out there so you have other people who
0: that's one of his things he says there's three things which i'm not trying to rain on your parade here sean and i just want these people to know it's an amazing book he tells you there's three things to remember about anxiety is that you're not crazy Right. You're not alone and this will end. Yep. Let's talk about your personal journey with anxiety.
1: I have probably had maybe th- three major panic attacks that I can think of. The very first one I had, I was working at Lifetime. It, was, it came on very quickly. Something happened at work and I was talking with a parent and the parent was yelling at me in the middle of the child care lobby, all while their child was screaming in the background. But it was about what I was doing wrong and not helping them. I don't remember the full thing of that. All I do remember is at that, that point in time, I was alone and I couldn't leave the front. My heart was racing. I couldn't breathe. I started to just agree with that parent at that time because I was in no way, shape or form ready to continue listening to them yell at me. I was standing completely still and it felt like everything around me was spinning. And by the grace of God, my department head at the time had ended her call and came into the child care center and I was like, I need to go. The moment I stepped out of the child care center, immediate tears. I ran to the bathroom. I locked myself in the stall and just bawled my eyes out. At that point in time, I was dating somebody and they had come into the bathroom and met me and I that all I did was hold them and I cried. All I could do. I was able to leave. I went on a break. Driving home was awful because that was inducing my anxiety. So just all I wanted to do was be in a safe, calm place. So we parked somewhere. I was able to calm down for a second, but the thought of going back into the building made me cry again to where my boss let her finish out my shift in the child center. Her boss let her. It was great. It was wonderful at that point in time. So I got to go home. I crawled. Into bed. I we also were dieting at that point in time too, which was terrible.
0: Ooh, you're hungry.
1: So I got home and. I crawled into bed and I think I cried myself to sleep until she got home that night and brought me delicious food because at that point in time, I didn't really care about dieting. So that was my first experience with it. And it was one where I felt better the next mm-hmm. day, but I was still on that edge where one little blow of air could have tipped me over and I would have been right back at it. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my very first experience with a full-blown panic attack.
0: All oh, that sounds very familiar for me. Yeah. I can remember for me, most of my panic t- attacks are the same and it's Interesting because I feel that my panic would almost be, my anxiety would almost be attributed to generalized because I am a compulsive worrier. I worry and worry and worry. And I worry about things that it's interesting because I should not be worried about. It's you'll I'll hear something on the news and I'm constantly worried. I'll hear about this. I mean, I worry about just the most crazy things. And so you're thinking in your head, I mean, I had a moment last night where I woke up in the middle of the night and then just sat there trying trying to fall back to sleep. And I was worried about what if this happens? Or what if what if this happens? Or it just I mean, and and pick your topic. Mm -hmm. It's funny what I worry about and my panic attacks. And so for me, constantly worrying, I mean, it's daily that I just worry and worry, worry. So for me, my panic attacks present out of nowhere sometimes i'm not even in a moment where i'm in a, like with kendall she was in a situation where you were, you clearly knew why she was feeling anxious for me sometimes they'll pop out of nowhere it's almost like residual stress and the residual worry causes a, a panic attack two weeks later i'll be in the middle of something and i would and it's funny how they come in waves sometimes mm-hmm. i'll experience a lot of panic sometimes i'll go months uh, I, I think i might have even made it a year without having a panic attack. But my symptoms are about the same. My ch- And I can feel them coming. And so when mm-hmm. I can feel them coming, I try to get to a place where I feel as though I can have it without drawing attention to myself or anything of that nature. Like if I'm driving, I'll try and pull over, something like that, because I get all of your basic symptoms. I get the tightening of the chest, the heart palpitations, the sweating, the dizziness, everything that comes with it. And the same thing, too, of the breathlessness that you'll experience in a panic attack. For me, it's ragged breaths. I sound like a dementor from Harry Potter. <laughs> no joke. I am like sucking in air as though I've never breathed in my life. And I, I mean, I can't even, that's the thing. I can't even pinpoint an event where it happened. I just know how I feel in the moment. And I think one of the things too that's interesting, and they usually last, I mean, they feel like they last for hours. I think the longest I've ever had was 30 minutes. And I, I think um for me, I mean, I th- I knew what it was at the time, but it's interesting because I still have the stigma of mental health being a failure or a weakness. And that's something that's covered in the mm-hmm. book too, where he talks about that, where he's so blessed and you know, he teaches, he's talks about god weekly to everybody and who you know why should he feel anxiety and i constantly think i had that same stigma and i was embarrassed and i was ashamed and i felt as though there was something wrong with me personally and i think if anybody's had that anxiety and they feel like that try and remember that satan will use anything and everything Mm -hmm. no matter what he and even things that are god-given like one of the things that sean johnson touches on in this book is fear there's healthy fear and then there's fear and you know the healthy fear is the things that keep us safe. Like if you're driving, you know, you're driving down a road really fast and it's raining outside and you all of a sudden kind of have that wave of fear roll over you, that's healthy fear. It's telling you to slow down to keep yourself safe. Satan tends to twist everything because a a great point in this book, and I know I keep coming back to this book, I'm sorry, but there's this great point in this book where he talks about how Satan's not a creator. There's only one creator in this entire world, and it's God. He doesn't create anything. Fear is God created because we have to have fear. Same thing back in the olden times I mean, you're living out in the wilderness and you're you have to have that healthy fear of staying alive and keeping yourself safe of survival mode. But Satan likes to twist that fear. And for me, it's worry. Like he twists things that God gives us. And so it's one of the ways that he constantly is attacking you because the thoughts that I'll have when I'm in the throes of a panic attack are, you know, something's wrong with you. What are you gonna, you know, what are you gonna do with yourself? I mean, if anybody saw you like this, like you Like you should have it together. And, you know, you're a Christian, you're running a podcast with your sister. And who are you to talk to people about God and his gifts and his glory when you can't even keep yourself from a panic attack? I mean, Satan is constantly whispering in your ear and he does that a lot. And I mean, I'll be in the middle of a panic attack with tears rolling down my face and I'll literally shout out Satan get out of my head Mm. because I know that's what it is when you have these thoughts roll over you. And so it's in the book, too. It's one of those things where it's important that you know that those thoughts that you have because when it leads into depression depression and anxiety go hand in hand because those thoughts start happening and then you get anxious and then the depression kicks in and then you're thinking it would be so much better if I wasn't here it'd be so much better my family would be better if I wasn't here my family would be you know the world would be better if I wasn't on it you start getting those kinds of thoughts and that is not you
1: no satan really likes to kick in when you're down
0: satan loves that so it's another tool that he uses and we're going to talk in a couple weeks about tools that satan uses and how to combat those mm-hmm. Because Satan is going to come at you any way that he can. And he will. And that's what I want people to know, too, is he's going to take whatever God gives. Just like they say, too much of a good thing kind of a thing is that's what it I mean, just like you could take anything and Satan will twist it. I mean, look at what we have right now. You have one of the best ones is sex between married couples. It's supposed to be it's God given. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do It's handed down from God. Sex was created by God. Satan constantly twists that thing. Yeah, that's one thing I want people to people to know is that you're you're definitely not alone. I mean, mm-hmm. look at it. We just gave you statistics. I mean, half the people right now are fighting the same kind of fight you are. And that's one of the things that... He touches on in the book is if we don't we're, we're so like we're hiding it and Satan wants us to be ashamed of this like we don't want to talk about mental health because there's a stigma to it like there's something wrong with you and we don't talk about it so then here we are exactly where Satan wants us alone Satan constantly wants you alone please remember that's the one thing because if you've got a group behind you that's why Jesus wants us in a community yeah when we go to church if two or three people are gathered together to worship the Lord you can guarantee God is there He does not want us with any anybody else. It's harder to combat Satan as a united force than it is alone. And that's Satan always want to keep you down. So we just we recommend if you guys have not gotten this book, you've never heard of this book, please get it. It's an amazing book if this is something you're suffering with. And really, Kim and I just wanted to kind of give you a breakdown. We're going to do another episode on anxiety. And we're going to talk about some Bible verses because again, we talked about how anxiety is not new whatsoever. So we're going to talk about some Bible verses. And then we are going to talk about some ways that maybe you can help combat that anxiety and well, i taking a stand against it
1: more on a, the biblical aspect of it too but to always remember too when i was doing my research after i started really having anxiety and having panic attacks was that like amber said panic attacks are on set but it is a build-up of weeks upon weeks upon months of stress and anxiety that you've had that have hit ahead mm-hmm. so you've held everything in for as long as you can and it it really is one of those things too where it could be the most minor of issues that tips you over so people are going to be like well, there's that's no reason for you to be upset about. No, that one particular thing is not the reason. It's everything that has led up to it that has come to mm-hmm. a final point. And that is for me where I hold things in for so long that it finally reaches an end where I, I don't have any more room in me. So it has to come out.
0: And that's the thing, too, of I'm notorious for not laying my troubles at the foot of my God. Yeah. I, I do that constantly. So sometimes I'm thinking, oh, geez, I'm having a panic attack because you're not bringing anything thing like take god constantly tells you to take the burden from your back and lay it at his feet and i am a big big offender
1: of not doing that absolutely i am too
0: and i promise you from experience the more rooted you are in the word and like praying to god and i know i know for a lot of people i think one of the misconceptions people have about prayer is that if it doesn't happen immediately then god's not listening keep in mind god takes his time because time to him is irrelevant
1: that's true he is outside of time
0: So that's the thing, too. The more rooted I am in his word, the more I've noticed less of a panic attack, less of anxiety, less of stress in general. And so, I mean, I can say it from experience. If you give it a shot, it works. But we'll talk a little bit about that next time on some stuff that's worked for us to help us and give you guys some good biblical verses as a foundation, biblical verses that you can pray, just saying it over and over again. And maybe that'll kick anxiety to the curb. So we know this one was a short one, but hope you guys come back next week for some deep-rooted bubble verses.
1: (laughs) bubble versus the bubble versus so hope everybody has a great week and if you are struggling with anxiety or anything and you just want somebody to pray for you or even just talk to i know that is one of the biggest things for me is all i really need to do i'm a verbal processor i i need to get things out you can ask our mother there are times where i come home and i slam the door shut and i i probably have yelled and cussed god forgive me
0: It's so weird how different we are.
1: But it is. I am very much a verbal processor. I I like to internalize it, but then I need to get it. I need to get it out at some point in time. And the older sister,
0: me, when I say older sister, me, I'm the exact opposite. I don't want to talk about it. I want to keep it locked in the vault, not to come out. Nobody's got the code but me. And (laughs) And, Jesus. And Jesus. So you could very well be like me where you just need those Bible verses because you're going to go and pray because that's what it's about. You're just, you don't want to talk to anybody. You want to talk to Jesus.
1: Listen, and I do that too. I There was there was a whole conversation that I had with myself and God just going off on what was I was upset about yesterday in the car, just yelling and talking to God.
0: Was he like, Shh, I'm right here. You don't have to yell.
1: No, <laughs> oh, I think he gets it.
0: He just kind of sits there. He's like, let it out.
1: I almost feel like he like has his hand on my shoulder and he's like, they're there. <laughs> But in a much more less sarcastic way. They're there.
0: So, so. we we will see you guys next week. And remember, or well, two weeks. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> remember, Jesus loves the sinner. Jesus loves the sinner. Bye. Bye.